0: Good morning and welcome to The Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today we'll be hearing a message from Pastor Kent Christmas on Prophetic Word for 2021. To hear this message in its entirety, please visit our podcast on knelradio.com. Click podcast and go to The Network Live. Hope you enjoy this message today from Pastor Kent Christmas.
1: Amen. Good to be in church. We're not hungover. We're not drunk because there's gonna be a lot of people that are already warming up, (laughs) amen. And so we're warming up for what God's gonna do in the next few weeks. I believe we got great times ahead of us. Uh, Just uh, I wanna say, first of all, it's always an honor to be with the bishop, amen. I love her very much. She's been a great friend in my life in the Blanchards. Uh, This is not a good way to start right there. the Blanchards, thank you for the invitation to be here for the next two nights, and of course one of my favorite ministers that I know is Pastor Phil Cappuccio, evangelist, prophet, I don't know, teacher, apostle, just whatever. Um, got to meet his wife Denise tonight, uh, that was a pleasure. I've had. He comes to our church every year and preaches. I love his ministry, um, I, love, uh, I love his spirit, and he's a great friend. Last but definitely not least, it's a thrill to have some of my team with me, including my wife. For those of you that actually did not think I was married, I am. And it's great. Listen, we're going to have a great time tomorrow night. Uh, For about the last eight days or so, the Lord has begun to speak to me prophetically. Uh, I really had the intention of coming just to preach this New Year's Eve. And uh, a few days ago I went to prayer and God began to speak to my spirit and I, have, I, I wrote down for an hour and a half what I was hearing the Lord say about what we're getting ready to see and do. And so tomorrow night I'm gonna release a prophetic word of the Lord to you and I believe it's gonna be a great time. I'm not one of those preachers that likes to preach in the dark, so I'm asking you to turn up the lights a little bit for me. Uh, and if this messes up your cameras, then I apologize. Uh, you can leave it down a little bit. Um, but I, I want to release the word of the Lord tonight if I can keep my glasses in my hand. Um, I need a bigger pulpit. Uh, turn with me tonight to the book of First Samuel chapter 13. I know that you stood a lot, but um, I believe that one of the things that God is doing in this hour is bringing sacred things back to the house of the Lord. We've been way too casual about the presence of God and about the Word of the Lord. So I want you to stand for the reading of the Word of God. God has released to us the Word of the Lord. There are countries right now across the world that don't get to have the freedom in this book. And thank God for the wonderful privilege tonight of being able to read the Bible without persecution. I'm just going to read to you one verse, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 19. Now there was no blacksmith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. Now, Holy Ghost, we are dependent on you tonight. God, I am your vessel, and I'm asking your Holy Spirit to relay from the heart of the Father tonight to us what you are wanting to say into the church. Now, in the name of Jesus, I bind every demon spirit that would try to come into this building. I curse you in the name of the Lord and by the blood of the Lamb, and I command you to leave. Now I Lord by faith I loose divine healing in this building while I preach the word of God. Lord through the airways now to around the nation across the the continents God as the word of the Lord goes out tonight we release it with great power and authority. Now to the enemy that rules in the heavenlies your days are numbered says the Lord. Hallelujah God I thank you, I thank you in advance for the anointing of the Lord that God is upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, could be seated. A while back I was, come across this verse and it began to move in my spirit. And back in the Bible times, the Bible says that when the Philistines began to be the rulers over the Israelites, that one of the things that they did very quickly was they removed the blacksmiths from Israel because they said if there are blacksmiths in Israel then they will have the ability to forge weapons in the fire and if they have weapons then they will have the ability to come against us in battle. So we're going to disarm them and we're going to remove the blacksmiths from the land of Israel so they will no longer be able to do battle when i read that the spirit of the lord spoke to me he said hell has set out to disarm the church in this hour And has set out to make us harmless in an hour that we live in we live in an hour where the church has been lifeless without a lot of authority and power that's why the enemy has advanced like it has as I was sitting here tonight I heard God say it's not that the enemy is so powerful in the earth it's just that the church has been so weak And whenever the enemy is unopposed, it does not take a lot for him to implement his plans and his vision in the earth. But in the hour that we're in right now, God has put blacksmiths back in the kingdom of the Lord and the fires that hell has heated up. God says, I'm gonna turn them around and God is forging weapons right now. And many of you that have been through such treacherous times have walked paths of such uncertainty had carried such heaviness upon you what you did not know uh, that in the midst of your battle God was forging a weapon in your life uh, and God was putting something in your spirit uh, that when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it God never meant for me and you to be powerless. He never meant for the church to be silent and just a symbol of a cross. But he meant for the church to rise up, not only in this nation, but in the nations across the world. And to be powerful by the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1.8 says this about the church. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We have been in an hour in which hell has been unopposed. We've had gutless speakers stand in our pulpits that were too worried about offending the enemy. But God has raised up some men and women in this hour who are not worried about reputation, who are not worried about the size of their congregation, who are not worried about how much money comes in the offering. But they hear the cry of the weak and the oppressed, and they have forged a sword in the Holy Ghost. saith the Lord there is a sword of my spirit that's getting ready to be released in the atmosphere and as I begin to release my sword says God the strongholds of hell that have marked my people and withstood me shall be cut down in a moment be not weary what I'm getting ready to do says God will happen in a 24 hour period one moment it will look one way and in the next moment saith God it will declare victory in the house of the Lord. I begin to reflect in my own life about some of the weapons that we have. Right now, there are so many Christians who are allowing the enemy and the media to dictate what you think and how you feel. And that we act like we don't have any weapons. But see, the church, the real church of God was never dependent on the system to be victorious. We've been separated from that. Some entrust in horses and some entrust in chariots. But you and I trust in the name of the Lord. First weapon that I thought of that you and I have. I would say there's nothing greater in my life for victory that I've experienced over the last 60 years of having the baptism of the Holy Ghost are almost there. There is nothing that I value more. There is no weapon greater than what you and I have and it's called the power of prayer. But somewhere the church quit praying Somewhere preachers lost their appetite to be in the presence of God. We got sidetracked and drunk on prosperity and numbers until there was no more prayer. We have conferences on prayer, but nobody prays. We write books on prayer, but nobody really prays. We call prayer meetings, but we really never pray. But when you pray, God said, Hallelujah, that I will pull down the strongholds of hell. When you pray, things happen. Acts the fourth chapter, it tells the story of Peter being put in prison. And the Bible said that just a few days, few weeks perhaps before that James was put in prison. But nowhere do you read in the scriptures that when James was put in prison, that the church went to prayer I wonder if the same prayer meeting had been called for James that had been called for Peter would James been alive you see sometimes we don't really feel the need because James really wasn't the one the church looked to he was not the surrogate father Peter was and when Peter was put in prison the voice of the church was in peril and nobody knew what to do until the Bible said they begin to pray and when they begin to pray see we are looking towards the supreme court or we're looking towards uh, political alliances and we're looking for some kind of natural law to be enacted or some kind of arrest warrants to be issued but what we do not realize uh, that it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by my spirit saith the lord we're looking to men to bail us out and god's saying i have let this go on uh, until i bring the church to a place uh, where the there is no answer in the natural but when my people who are called by their name will humble themselves and pray oh may god loose an anointing upon us that would drive us from the television drive us from the beach drive us to our knees because when you take a church that knows how to pray hell cannot withstand the authority that is loosed by the power of god said prayer was made without ceasing. And when that was made without ceasing, God without the help of a man, without the help of favor in the jail, just shook the place. And the scripture says that when God shook it, because of the prayers, that the gate to the city was opened and the voice of the church was loosed in the city. There is nothing greater than the power of prayer. Over the years, uh, my prayer life has changed to some degree and when I was a young man, I I felt like I had to pray a certain amount of time. And you know, you, you go to prayer and you think, uh, I'm here for an hour and, and, and you pray for 10 minutes and you think, well, I've probably gone for 30 minutes and you look at your watch and you think, my God, this has taken so long. <laughs> See, prayer is about relationship. It's not about discipline. Amen. Brother David Wilkerson said he was praying and, you know, he'd always heard that you got to pray at night time and all night and, and, um. Uh, He said he was, I don't know, four or five in the morning, he was so tired and he's praying. And he said to himself, he said, I'm not enjoying this. And God spoke to him and said, neither am I, go home and go to bed. (laughs) Prayer is based on love. Prayer is based on relationship. Because I've seen God do things when you prayed like within five seconds. And then there are other times the power of prayer changes. And as we begin to seek the face of the Lord, the power of prayer begins to move things. And and I, I truly believe this, that God right now, I heard the Lord speak this to me in prayer. He said, I am making people choose sides. You mark it down, the gray is disappearing in the United States of America. It's disappearing in the church, says the Lord. And I am drawing battle lines, says God, and I'm going to make you choose which side you are on. You don't get to be neutral, says the Lord. You don't get to be a Switzerland in the spirit that says, I don't want to get involved. I just want my world to be intact. God said, I'm looking for some warriors in the kingdom of the Lord that will wear the battle garment of the believer. That when you walk out, the enemy knows that's my. My enemy yeah, and God is greater us than he that's in the world. Second weapon that we have is the power of the blood. There is great healing in the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says this: that life is in the blood, atonement is in the blood. Covenant is in the blood. Freedom from sin is in the power of the blood. No wonder hell hates the blood of Jesus. And when Jesus was crucified and his blood began to drip from Emmanuel's veins and begin to drop on the earth, that blood is still flowing. I think it was Audrey Krauts that wrote the song. The blood will never lose its power. There is a wave, says the Lord, of atonement blood. I see a wave in the Holy Ghost, says the Lord. That's getting ready to sweep across humanity. It is a wave of the atoning blood uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to raise up men and women uh, that feel like their sins are unforgivable and restore them. The prayer requests that we get in our office are, they break my heart. This week I had three prayer requests from different countries or different states. Pray for me that God would set me free from homosexuality. Three different people said, pray for me, for I'm so bound with depression. One said, pray for me because I'm trying not to commit suicide. Another said, pray for me because I am hooked on drugs and I cannot get set free. The God that we serve hears that sound in his ears. And what the Lord is saying, I will no longer have a church that cannot touch the needs of these men, for I am raising up an army, says God, that the bruised, the broken, the blind, the poor, and the captive will begin to walk through the kingdom of the Lord, and in a moment, they are set free from homosexuality, they are set free from lesbianism, they are set free from alcohol, they are healed of age. the power of God comes upon them, God says today that I am wanting to release into this house an unacceptable or move of my glory and if I can have a core of men and women that will rise up in this hour and say as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will perform my word, says God. One of the great weapons that you and I possess is this. For it is more powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hell hates the Bible. That's why there's been such an attack on it over the years. It is the most bought book in the history of the United States, but it is the most unread. Instead of rewriting it, we might want to reread it. You know why? God wrote it in simplicity. Because He knew that 99% of us are not going to understand Greek and Hebrew. So He wrote it in a way that a child or a scholar can for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the word of god was never meant to be so convoluted that you could not understand that but it is life to us and it is marrow to our bone the power of the word jesus christ is the word of god manifested in the flesh scripture says in psalms the word of god is so powerful that God sent His Word and healed them. You and I today exist in a world that was created by the spoken Word of God that God so many Christians right now have thrown in the towel in this nation I I double down to say that God is not done yet we are not moved by what we see but we are moved hallelujah by what God says instead of believing what we see we need to see what we believe by the power of the Holy Ghost God's word hallelujah John 1 3 says in the beginning was the word not a rumor not a testimony not the word of the enemy but in the beginning was the word hallelujah psalm says this my word have i exalted even above my name my word will not return unto me void but way will prosper whereunto i have sinned in the last days saith god the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former now no weapon formed against you shall prosper many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all what is that? that is the word of God that in the middle of your hell in the middle of your valley God sent you a word that is an anchor of your spirit I truly believe that God is revealing the depth of strength in every believer right now And I am amazed at how little faith so many Christians have in this hour. They're all excited as long as it looked like it was going to happen. And then when it changed, we're just ready to quit and throw in the towel. I was praying about three weeks ago. And I, I feel a great responsibility for the words that, that I am speaking over the internet and in the Bible studies on Wednesdays and the prophetic word that I'm giving. I, I feel very responsible for that. And I, I was seeking the Lord and I was having a rough morning. And I, I went to God and I said, Lord, I know that you've raised me up to be a prophet in this hour but I need you to reaffirm to me that what I'm prophesying is right. And God spoke to me, he said, I've already given you the evidence that what I have spoken shall come to pass. And in my natural mind, I began to go back through the Rolodex of events and I didn't see anything and I thought, Lord, What's the evidence? God said your faith. Hebrews says this, faith is the evidence of things not seen. How do we know God's gonna turn this around? Because we already are looking at the evidence. But see, our natural mind Our natural man wants natural evidence. But the Bible says this four times in the Bible, the just shall live by faith. That we walk by faith and not by sight. The problem is, anybody that tells you that the old man died when you got saved is wrong. He does die for a little bit. but I have found that he has the unique ability to resurrect himself every morning. (laughs) This is why Paul said, I die daily. And it's why he also said, if you want to follow Christ, take up your cross. Why? Because the cross is what kills the old man. If you are trying to, in your natural mind, believe that God is going to do something great, you're gonna be depressed. Because the scripture says that your natural mind, it is impossible for your natural mind to be able to understand the things of the spirit. They cannot be discerned, it cannot happen. And so as long, the man that you feed Is the one that believes. And so if you go without prayer, And you watch, you live on movies and you live on the iPhone and you live on social media and you live on Facebook and you never read the word and you sleep in on Sunday morning because you want to rest and and you don't really seek God and, and your prayer life's non-existent. No wonder you're depressed because the man that's alive in you that's in control is believing everything that is said in the natural. But now God has some men that have not come out of the natural realm, but they've come out of the fire and they've heard from the word of the Lord, and they say it does not matter what man says. All I know is this God said, God said, God said. The prophet stood up and said, I know that it's so bad you're eating your babies. I know that there's no harvest in the field. I know that there is no answer, and we're surrounded by the enemy. But he said, God says in 24 hours there's gonna be so much food in this city that it'll be in the streets the natural man said if God himself opened the windows of heaven it could not be in 24 hours God took four lepers loosed in the heavens an ungodly sound to the enemy and in 24 hours there was food in the streets We've not ever been this way before, says the Lord. You have not seen the hour that you are in right now. But God said, I have now a church that is ready to rise to her feet. That is going to shake the nations. And for the next four years, saith God, the glory of the Lord is being released out of the heavens. Not just on America, but on the continent. For my glory will not return unto me void. But this is the hour when all men shall say, Surely the Lord is in this place. Faith moves mountains. It quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. When my youngest son lay in a hospital, born over three months early, they're telling us he will not live. He weighs two pounds, cannot breathe on his own, cannot see, cannot generate body heat cannot swallow cannot eat food has every kind of wire hooked up to him and they said he's probably gonna die but God had spoken to me that your son shall live I have a 27 year old boy today that's never had an operation that is totally healthy totally whole preaching the gospel and called to missions by the power of the Lord how did that happen because I chose whose report do you believe my Lord the Lord said I'm trying to lose faith in this house uh, in the name of Jesus by the authority of God I bind the demon of doubt uh, that is trying to settle down uh, over this house and over your spirit Uh, I loose the spirit of faith upon you uh, in the name of Jesus Uh, may there be a gift anointing of the Lord uh, begin to come upon you now uh, that there was a something in you that said I feel like a fire set up within my bones uh, and that I will declare if God be for me Who can be against me? Another weapon that we have is our testimony. Some of you have a marvelous testimony tonight. You've just forgotten what God's done. Some of you were alcoholics. Some of you, God healed your marriage. Some of you were hooked on pornography. Some of you have had such devastating issues. And yet, here you are tonight in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says this, you and I are made overcomers. How? By the word of our testimony. Hallelujah, sometimes. You just need to go back to the Lord and say, I want to thank you. And begin to testify of what the Lord has done. I, as a boy, I was raised in old time Pentecost. Every once in a while, some old saint would get up and say, "I just want to testify about what the Lord has done for me." And it wouldn't be real deep, but there was such a spirit that got on that that you could just feel the power of God. I just want to testify, Hallelujah, that when God moves in your life, it is a permanent victory. This next one is one of the greatest, most powerful weapons that you and I possess. It's the name of Jesus. There is no name in the earth that is more hated than the name of Jesus. Hollywood recognizes the power of the name. My wife and I were watching an Agatha Christie movie and out of the blue, some woman uses the name of Jesus in vain. Totally didn't even make sense. What is it? Because the enemy is trying to make the name of Jesus just a mundane name. They'll put it in every movie. It doesn't matter if it's G. They'll put it in there and you'll hear somebody take the name of Jesus in vain. Why, because the scripture says that these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with tongues. For she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, hallelujah, shall conceive and bear forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus where two or three are gathered together in my name. There is no name that is greater than the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus spoken as a car's headed to you head on will cause that vehicle to fear to the other side. The name of Jesus when an accident has been sent against you will stop it in a moment's time. The name of Jesus when the enemy comes in like a flood will stop it by the power of God. Now in the name of Jesus Jesus, I bind the demon spirits of hell uh, that have attacked our nation and attacked our liberty. Uh, it may just be me, uh, but by the power of God, uh, I curse you in the name of Jesus Christ. And through the power of the name of the Lord, uh, may every sin be uncovered. Uh, may wickedness be unveiled. Uh, may the power of darkness be absolutely illuminated by the power of God. Uh, may the power of the name of Jesus. Uh, go Go into the depths of hell and shake it to its very foundations. May the name be lifted up, for if I am lifted up, I will draw men unto me, says the Lord. There is no name that is greater than the power, hallelujah, of the name of Jesus. I want to talk about one that you would not probably think about as a weapon. But there is one great weapon that you and I have that the enemy has come against in a great way, and it's called the fellowship of the saints. Right now with the condition that we are in in this nation, there should not be an empty seat in this building. I have people tell me, well, you know, we didn't come to church Sunday because we decided to sleep in and let the kids rest. I don't want to hear that anymore. Then stay home. But don't cry when all hell breaks loose. And you can't figure out how to survive and the enemies come in like a flood because you're too laying up in the bed because you don't want to get up take a shower and show reverence in the house of god there is power in the fellowship of the saints no wonder the lord said this forsake not the assembly of thyselves together even more so as you see the day approaching unless you're dying or got some big excuse there never needs to be a sunday morning that you are not found in the house of the lord he's greater than football he's greater than overtime he deserves more honor than your family reunion if you want to go on vacation do it during the week god needs some men and women that will put value for where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of this. Would you get in the fellowship of the saints? I've had people tell me, well, I haven't been to church lately because I've just been so depressed. That's like saying, well, I haven't been to the hospital with a doctor because I've been too sick. If you get sick, what do you do? You go to the hospital, why? Because that's where you get your answer, in the natural realm. You got all these people that are fighting demons. Have you ever come to a service to where you just felt a heaviness on you? And about 10 minutes into the worship service, all of a sudden you can sense a shift in the spirit. No more money in your bank account natural circumstances have not realigned in the half hour you've been in church but something happened in the spirit realm you know what it was you shifted over from the realm of the natural where the enemy was declaring war and you stepped over into the realm of the spirits and five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Except the rock, hallelujah, and the Lord had shut them up. Ecclesiastes says if one prevails against him two shall withstand him and a threefold cord is not easily broken I don't want lukewarm people in my church anymore that just well if I feel like it I'll come stay home We don't need you. I want some men and women now that will say like David I was glad when they said unto me Let us go unto the house of the Lord because we will win our city says the Lord we will turn the world upside down. It doesn't matter what the enemy is saying. May God anoint your eyes by the spirit of the Lord. Oh God, pull back the heavens and let this nation see by the spirit those sayings that you have already declared in the heavenlies. No wonder the enemy is trying to disarm the church. And in place of weapons, they've given us money. You remember the story where Ahab was looking out the window and he wanted Naboth's vineyard? Because it was a choice piece of property. What he didn't realize was that God had already told through the law of Moses that you can never sell your inheritance that it will be transferred from generation to generation. And it is your land where you are alive and you will be a caretaker, but you cannot sell it for profit. And when Ahab came to Naboth and he said, I want your vineyard. And he said this, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, this, see the devil's such a liar. Yeah. He said, I'll give you a vineyard that's better than that one. Now why would you do that? nobody trades down and he said if that don't work for you then I'll give you money for it and see the enemy tricked a whole lot of people into selling their inheritance for a quick fix you hold on to the things of God you hold on to the power of the Lord I have talked I thought maybe it was just me I, and I didn't realize it, but I began to, different pastors that have, have emailed me or called me on the phone, I was just talking to Brother Phil about this. I have been consumed for the last year of watching uh, <clears throat> Jack Cole, A.A. Allen, Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, these different ones, William Branham, I watch on YouTube their meetings and listen, the things that God did in those meetings was amazing i mean <clears throat> it was absolutely incredible what you watch and one day god began to speak to him he said i'm getting ready that will just be a part of what i'm releasing to the body of christ And I believe that as God shifts into 2021, the Lord says that this last move will not be known for great preaching, but it will be known for the demonstration of the power of the glory of the Lord. I'd be honest with you, I'm tired of preaching and I'm tired of prophesying about what God can do. I would really rather just like to show you. And I'd say, ma'am, that can't see, come here. Hallelujah. God's going to heal you tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost. Get up out of that. That wheelchair, you've never walked in your lifetime. God's gonna heal you by the power of the Holy Ghost, sir. You've been gay since you were a little boy because you were raped by, by the power of the Holy Ghost. God's setting you free in the name of Jesus, ma'am. You will never take any depressants again because of God is setting you free in the name of the Lord by the authority of the Holy Ghost. I'll lose a wave of authority of physical healing in this building. I bind depression in the name of Jesus I bind anxiety I bind sickness I curse cancer in the name of Jesus by the power of God from one side of this building to the other I loose the power of the Holy Ghost upon you that he whom the Spirit has set free is free indeed shout says the Lord well there's a sound of victory in the atmosphere God says, I'm loosening a spirit of boldness on my people for there's been a spirit of intimidation that has driven them back. But God said, no longer, I'm calling my people out of the shadows and out of the darkness and I'm raising them up. And there is a roar of the line of Judah that's being loosed by the Holy Ghost upon you. I want to remind you of who the God is that you serve. I am God and beside me there is no other. He has no rival. The earth is the Lord's and not the devil's. The battle is the Lord's and it is not yours. I also want to remind you that God has never ever lost a battle. And though Jesus died, He rose again on the third day and 40 days later ascended and sits on the right hand of the Father. And though men say that they have the power, and though the Senate and the, uh, the uh, other disciplines of government say that we're in control, the Bible says this, that Jesus has all power in heaven and earth. And God holds the breath of every wicked man in his hand. If God wants to close, it's done in a moment. God never loses a battle. No weapon formed against you shall prosper why are we shaken at looking at weapons it doesn't matter if hell turns them out by the truckload God already said no weapon formed against you shall prosper let the enemy rage and men advance in a vain thing but at the end of the day no weapon formed against you shall prosper many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivereth him out of them all that God said I have said angels to guard thee, uh, that in their hands uh, they shall bear thee up, that thou death thy foot against a stone. Uh, God is in control. I also want to remind you that the Bible says, with our eyes shall we see the reward of the wicked. Prayer has been outlawed in our schools, our courts, and our public government meetings. Blood has been removed from our songs and the Holy Ghost has been removed from our sanctuaries to back rooms. This book has been burned, outlawed And rewritten. And this year, hell told the church to stay home. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. I know that I've gotten a lot of hate mail and I've got a lot of pushback on this. But either you believe the book or you don't. No plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. It may hang around and it may make you feel a little bit of a symptom, but no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. I've had it up to here with empty churches on Sunday and the enemy masking us. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that it's not real, but I am saying this, either we believe that there's a bloodline at that door or else we might as well sow in the book and say, we'll just bow down to the enemy. I challenge hell today by the word of God that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And God says this, get my people back in the house and let them begin to praise the name of the Lord. Go ahead if you want and stay home. But as for me and my house, we will praise the Lord. I'm tired of the enemy having voices that do not apologize, from Michael Moore to Madonna, you name it. They go out and desecrate the church. Is there anybody that has the guts to stand up in the church world and say, as for me and my house, we are blood-bought, apostolic, holy ghost, tongue-talking believers in the name of the Lord. We do not apologize for believing in the word of God. We do not bow down to the social spirits of hell up we will not allow the spirits of perversion to desecrate god's house but we declare that if god be on our side nobody can be against us
0: If you would like more information about being a guest on The Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.